Hey gang, welcome to the first part of a special mini-series here at No Proscenium. Uh, we recorded an end-of-the-year, beginning-of-the-year podcast at the start of the week, and because we hadn't gotten the team together for a while, we recorded for four hours. So, uh, we're dropping three episodes that are breaking this conversation down into four parts. This episode is parts one and two, uh, the second part featuring Blake, uh, who's our New York City uh, coordinator, uh, which we actually recorded first. Uh, and then, but what we're going to play first is the team here in LA, which was myself, Anthony, Catherine, and Kevin. Uh, and that's the first part of that uh, conversation. Uh, in the middle of next week, we're going to drop the second part of that conversation. Uh, and then the closeout, uh, meaning the fourth part and the third episode, uh, is a week from today. And that's how we're kicking off the new year here. Um, and then if for some reason you want to escape from the news cycle, I don't know why you'd want to do that right now. Just, you know, just, just a wild thought. Um, Zay and I, we, uh, we held our conversation um, on uh, Rise of Skywalker until Zay had seen it a second time. And um, we, uh, we, we didn't talk without recording it. Uh, and we had never, like broken down Last Jedi either. So uh, like over the phone, like in depth. So we uh, we recorded that too. And the whole thing only took us three hours. So <laughs> releasing that as a special uh, Patreon only, uh, well, not Patreon only, releasing it on the Patreon feed. It won't be in this feed, but it will be on the Patreon, but it will be open to everybody. We're going to drop that over the weekend just in case, you know, you want to keep this, the, the vacation vibe going. Uh, we got you some long podcasts here. Um, two parts right now, jumping right into it. And uh, if, if you want some updates on some immediate news, uh, one, check the newsletters, which are hitting today. Uh, this is dropping on Friday, January 3rd. Uh, and I'll, I'll have just a couple of things on the back end for those of you who managed to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> you earn a special prize. You earn the news. All right. But not, not the news news, like the R news, because the news news is not a prize. All right. Roll the music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 230 of the No Presidium Podcast, the voice of everything immersive. Welcome to a special end of 2019 edition. Gath I'm no one else. In, uh, I'm drinking. Uh, <laughs> gathered around the table with me today. Uh, share. I'm sharing a microphone with one of NoPro's uh, oldest uh, contributors and one of my oldest friends. That would be Anthony Robinson. Come in a little closer. Don't be afraid. Anthony Robinson. Because we're sharing a mic. There you go. Now you're on. <laughs> I'm the only one who knows what we sound like right now. Uh, two uh, going clockwise around the table. We have Catherine Yu who is our executive editor and uh, a recent transplant from New York to Los Angeles. And speaking of Los Angeles, Kevin Gossett, <laughs> <laughs> who is our LA review editor. Um, this is episode, uh, like so many of them is brought to you by listeners like you, uh, who have joined us at patreoncom slash no proscenium. The sustaining backers of no proscenium are Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F. Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mistry, Sidney Guillory, and Jeremy Charles Hahn. Thank Yay. you all. Thank you. And, Ooh. um, we're just diving in. It's, um, 
it's end of the year. This one's going to be a little timey wimey uh, because we had uh, we've already recorded a section with Blake. What does timey wimey even mean? That's not a word. It's, 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 it's from Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we know who the nurse oh, is. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Should I leave? Yeah. I'll show myself out. Little girls in the club. Um, <laughs> ha. Um, too, soon. Uh, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. It's true. Um, the, um, uh, Blake, who is our, uh, our new New York coordinator, uh, was on. And you're going to hear that section later. Uh, but we decided to like uh, restart uh, from the beginning here, and uh, what we did with Blake kind of informed some of the stuff we're going to do right now. Was, are you okay, yeah. Anthony? Yeah, you yeah, the whiskey's good. The whiskey's good. The whiskey's good. We are drinking. This is an after dark. Uh, we were pretty good and didn't curse uh, during the Blake section, but that's just because we hadn't did that much drinking yet. Yeah. So yeah. just so you know, the uh, the safeties on this episode are off. So uh, if there are children in your vehicle, uh, you should pull over because you're going to want to drink too. Um, I didn't tell you to kick the kids out. I'm just saying you're going to want to drink Wait, too. What's, what's the open container law here? Um, <laughs> just, you know, no so. proscenium is not responsible. <laughs> no proscenium is recorded in New Orleans at all times. <laughs> in our minds. <laughs> yep. Uh, maybe talk about New Orleans a little bit. So um, here's, here's how I'm going to do this. Uh, Kevin... Uh, from the perspective of no proscenium, you're the baby of the family. That is true. Um, so, so cute. Um, <laughs> since since we asked Blake uh, how how his first year was, um, this is not your first year, but uh, how's been your immersive year so far? I think or it's, how, so far it's over. It so is how, over. How, how, it was is. how was your 2019? Yeah, you're gonna cram one more show in somewhere. Yeah. Uh, no, there are no more shows. <laughs> Thank God. Oh God, it's been a run. Um, Let's go to Crimson Cabaret. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> Warm to it. Um, it's been good. It's been like an interesting year. I've, I feel like LA is kind of like in a transitional state in terms of like immersive theater. It's kind of a mix of things. And LA, I think, has always been one of the more experimental cities in terms of kind of what's going on. And it kind of, there's elements of that and there's elements of polish and there's elements of kind of like everything. And obviously, we got Galaxy's Edge here too, yeah. which is its <laughs> own beast. But it's been an interesting year. And I think it's been a lot of like, a lot of kind of variation and variety in terms of you've got stuff like Waiting for Godot that came back. You had Catabasis. You had The Nest came back. A lot of stuff came back, I think. It was Red like Flags interesting. came back. Red Flags yeah. came back, yeah. Johnny which, came back. Which, Johnny, yep. Which, honestly, I mean, like... Happy about, not, yeah, yeah. Not, to, not to not not to but but like that's great. Like, there's so many good. You, to your point about it being an experimental city, there's so much good work that's been yeah. made. That experimenting and iterating. Yeah, like yeah, refining. yeah. Because I think yeah, like especially I think. Johnny, I think, seemed to iterate. The Nest definitely iterated, like, Red getting that space and that changes. money and that budget. And, like, it's crazy what they can do. And it's crazy, like, what I think just, yeah, you spend a couple of years thinking about a show, too, what it evolves into in terms of polish, in terms of, like, what it looks like. And it's it's been a riot, I feel like. There's a lot of stuff that has, like, kind of been unpolished that's been, like, fun, too. I know Noah and I did um, one exit together, and we kind of did a joint piece on that. And that was one of those ones that was kind of, like, it was experimental, and I don't know that it like completely worked, but it was also just kind of a fun show with a lot of ideas. It was like trying out, and it felt it felt different than some of the other shows that like in like past years that have kind of been like experimenting with ideas too. I think it was yeah. it was a crazy cast too, which I think helped that show. Well, a I mean lot. that's that's a big thing here is we've got we've got so many talented immersive performers, right? You know that I mean just just 
there's just a brick of them, you know, like they're and and some of them have been doing this stuff for years. So you get folks like, you know, Dasha or you get Caitlin or you get Terrence LeClaire who've been doing this stuff. Or you get the folks in the speakeasy society, you know, so like James Cowan was mm-hmm. in that show. And so like, you know, James, who's like a steadfast, you know, regular cast member in the speakeasy society. And then he's also, you know, playing in delusion and then he's in one exit and then he's you know, in VR. He's in, in VR. VR. We had yep. him, we had him on the episode about the under presents. And so this, this whole, I mean, that's the thing that like, gets me the most excited about LA's role in immersive is the the acting pool we have and that there's just all these really strong performers and what they can do not not just here in LA but what they can do for this movement as a whole right um but like to the point of like you know some of these shows in like the polish um something that's been on my mind a lot is uh like with some of these shows, like sometimes like things are at a at a, a pretty hefty price tag because mm-hmm. um, you just it, it costs a lot to put this stuff on. But then when it's untested, it can be kind of I don't know. There's like a catch twenty two. Like I'm looking yeah. at some people really like struggling Definitely. to sell because you know they may not have a proven product. Right. The value proposition is tough for your average consumer who's like, am I going to spend one hundred twenty five dollars on this? Right. When I don't know any, there's no word of mouth, no official reviews have come out yet. Yeah. And, and people betting the farm. And I keep on thinking about what we can learn from other, you know, fields and disciplines. And like, I'm starting to latch onto the idea of like, like there's like, you know, what is it? Uh, open betas or like paid alphas mm-hmm. in video games where it's like, you mm-hmm. know, it's a trial period. Early access. Early, Early access. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the term. Early access. Right. And this idea of like, Oh, we're going to charge you, but it's going to be early access. I think there's some very specific shows. I don't want to call anything out necessarily, but there were some shows this year in here in LA that came out that did feel uncooked and were charging full price. And yet I feel like if they had either pulled back on the price or made it clear, this is early access, you're paying for us to help develop it. But what's sometimes weird is like, they'll just do the show and then they won't do anything else with it. It's just like, oh, we did it and we're done. Do they not play test at all, or do they play test with like the wrong people, or do they do Some, too from, few play tests? Sometimes it's we'll both. sometimes it's not play testing at all, and sometimes it's it's uh, too few, right? Yeah. Um, and there's and there's no plan for a life afterwards. It's like just like let's put a show up and then we're done with it. But, but that's I, also an LA that's a, that's an LA problem, you know. I mean, like we don't have residencies the same way that you know. I mean, we don't have any residencies. So yeah. the fact that the, all these shows came back this year. Um, I was excited about because it, it means that there's some longevity for the scene in Los Angeles in a in a different way, in a new way, you know. Yeah, because I think to Anthony's point, I think so many shows here don't stick around or they're here for like two weeks, and it's some of those are fun to like see. It's a flash in the pan, but other times it's like you want to kind of go back. You want it's like a good show to like introduce people, and things don't stick around. I, that, that's, you can't recommend it to your friend, cause right? Because it's, it's over. over. Yeah, like yeah. you review it, it runs two weeks, and it's done, right. and now it's like. Some of these shows definitely seem like they could have a longer life and they don't run or they don't... I mean, there's budget concerns. There's probably actor availability, costs, spaces. There's so many like things at play, but it's sometimes it's like also, just find October, a way to like, make it work. don't do yeah. it in yeah. October. <laughs> for the love of Christ. Yeah. Just just excerpt that and just layer that everywhere. Notice how little is happening in January. January yeah. Yeah. Mm. So when I ran the stats, April 
pretty dead because people are gearing up for their summer shows. Everyone in LA is getting ready for Hollywood Fringe Fest. Everyone in New York is getting ready for their Governor's Island or whatever show. There's not a lot happening then. So that's the time you should do it. Literally, don't don't whisper that, Catherine. Do your show in April (laughs) because our. We go from summer to Halloween yeah, in No Pro Land, and then it's Christmas. Christmas well, yeah. summer just bleeds into Halloween at this yeah. point. Well, yeah, it starts yeah. in like Halloween September. starts in like August now. Yeah, August, so, yeah. not September. Right. So when yeah. someone's like, "Oh, I have a show. It's only running two yeah. weekends. It's a dance thing, or it's a sci-fi thing," and I'm like, "Well, it's not horror, and it's not creep, and it's not like you yeah. know." One it's... of those weekends is Halloween. That's not going to work. No, yeah. so, we, we so can't send any writers. So you're telling me that I shouldn't do my uh, my my Krampus in July show in June. Uh, <laughs> Just you're, no, you're, you're test running it at a fringe, and then you're building up to right. December. Which oh, is fantastic. why Under the Bed by Candlehouse was genius because I remember having a conversation with Evan, and he said, "When should I do this?" And I said, "November," and he did it in November, and it was remote. And everyone that wanted to attend could just buy a ticket for whenever worked in their schedule. Let's talk about remote shows, because uh, yeah, I mentioned up. so. Like, and we we all did we all did under the bed. Uh, but oh, like, I didn't. No, I was told I, I, not. Oh, to. you told not to. No, you're the like, one that did under the bed. This will be too intense for I, I me. Did. But I did his previous one, uh, Moonlight Serenade. So, so we've all so. So we've done some. We've some. Some of us have done Candle House. Some of us have not. Okay. Oh, you haven't no, done any. No, no, I haven't done it. Oh, you haven't done no. Oh, wait, you guys did. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. Has everyone here done a remote show of some kind though? Or like, you guys haven't. God, I don't remember which one I did. I did one last year. There was we had one last year. Who who we had last year? Was it Aluminum Cat or Live Play? Um, I want to say I did aluminum. I think I did aluminum. I think I did aluminum cat. Yeah, so that's um, Dustin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. It, it, the year kind of went fast. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I didn't get really a chance to do it because given my yeah, given all stuff going on in my life, we had some weird things going on, which um, stuff like under the bed wouldn't have been a good mix for my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like look at that one. Like it's it's not like it's not like constant calls no. or anything like that. It's not full ARG mode. No, thank but, God. It's like. Two days, maybe three. Yeah, or one, one night. Yeah, you know, like one, one night set up if you're doing just which a, a I appreciate one. so much. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> one and done. I mean, well, so okay, so like this is this isn't the crowd necessarily to like to talk the the remote show thing with, but it has been interesting because I, uh, just from a from a fifty thousand foot level, even just this this move to try and find new avenues to explore because of things like the space issue. Yeah. Right, like because well, I mean I think the underpresents is actually a good issue, in, in, like idea of like a remote show in a way. Like I didn't do it, but I think what you guys said it's it's basically a VR show that's a remote show too. It's like you're interacting well, in your living of, room. Um, they all the actors all congregate in the same area, so they but you still can, have to but, like, but you don't but have the, to be in the space. Yeah, the consumer can do it at home, yeah, but the should... actors still have to travel. Yeah, it's it's a slow burn, so I won't just like try and. Th- toss you into it because like the, the oculus is on the table so like and i think that's the one disadvantage for the under is like it takes a bit to like kind of get the vibe but mm. it rewards it rewards you revisiting it rewards you rewards you kind of sticking with it i mean that was a nice thing about will's review he was like you know i i i wouldn't like I that s- first chapter of the time boat i remember he said he said that he was just like plowing through it trying to see what was going to happen to see if it was all going to click yeah but it was taking a while yeah because there's like the whole actor component right like that's the lounge yeah and then they have an actual game game that you can play on your own off hours and it's all about time loops 
Because as we all know, Immersive freaking loves time loops. Well, that's, well, that's what the interesting thing about the ship is that it is essentially like it's it's a scripted immersive show using a game engine, uh, but giving you like full the ability to, to like reverse it. It's like the closest thing would be is if you could get a god's eye view of the McKittrick and jump in at any point in the loop and follow along and slash. If the McKittrick suddenly built like a seventh floor, which yeah. is what Tenderclaws did the other day. They just added a whole new thing to the map. So I spent two hours there uh, in the in, new part of the map today in the MC's workshop trying to make an onion mask. And oh, I yeah, kept yeah. making carrots and dolphins instead. Oh, no, yeah. Even though this other player was trying to help me. No, I had I had some I have I have some trouble casting some of the spells. But no, like like the, the time the time ship because that's because that's, yeah. that's so time boat yeah. is like the yeah, game the, yeah. game, <laughs> but this, and then this the, is live the live thing, yeah. and then now they have like a new map that you can find in the workshop where you can see where the other people's avatars are. Oh, that's so you want to try to find other people, you can see them on the map and then leave the workshop to go find them. Oh, that's really people cool. People are trying to do meetups now. Oh, that's great. Oh. I yeah. know. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of evolving here. Well, I was in a conversation with someone today about like how we our world should be looking at what Fortnite does. Right, because mm-hmm. like even though you know it's controller based interface, like people are are doing gatherings. There. I mean, like they do events in Fortnite. You know, they they did the promotional event for Rise of Skywalker. They do concerts in there. Uh, I mean, like right, all look, the Oculus concerts. I mean, like if Andrew Yang's in the race long enough, you know, he'll probably do a rally. Oh, Someone's gonna do it. There's gonna be a political yeah. rally in Fortnite. You watch. You watch. Is it? A, it's not gonna be but Biden. Yeah. Is what you're <laughs> it ain't gonna be Biden. Yeah. I mean, we don't. I actually, that would be hilarious. It would be Joe so riddled. It's, it's the funniest possible. How do these controllers work? Yeah. <laughs> I challenge you all to do push-ups. First, first to hundred push-ups. Battle Royale. I can't do it. I can't do it. But I don't. But, have a, I don't have a Biden impression. So. But yes, the, the need for <laughs> the need for the third place. I know you and I have talked about this a lot, Noah. Is VR the third place? Is it alt space? Is it VR chat? Is it Oculus? Whatever the hell they're doing these days. Um, but just a place for people to Some, find each other. Someone was telling me that, that was that was my space back in the day. Right. Yeah. But now you can be embodied. And now you can be embodied. And I so, can yeah. snap at you, and then I can give you an apple, and then you can make a salt shaker for me, and then turn it gold. Look, look guys, we're just saying we want Ready Player One now. Okay, that's what we need. No, 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 no. That movie had so many. No, not the not the movie. Oh, not the movie. Snow Crash. Snow Crash. I'm talking. I'm talking about Snow Crash. No, Snow Crash. No, like that horrible. What was it? Look, look, look. Ready Player One, Snow Crash. I'm saying that for the audience who hasn't read Snow Crash. And there okay. are people in this audience read who have Snow not read Snow Crash. Read Snow Crash. Read, read Snow Crash. Crash. Read Diamond Age. We're getting it. We're on our gift guys. We've got the Go back yeah. to we're, we're getting an HBO Max okay. uh, series yeah. of Snow oh, Crash. Which is, which is it. And yeah. the underpresents is adding new actors. I know who some of yeah. them are. They're getting trained right now. Yeah. No, and I, they're not gamers. Like I was talking to a performer who was talking about her experience learning how to use the touch controllers and the fact that there's two triggers on the back and she has to learn her specific actor UI to be able to do all of the puppeteering and turn herself invisible, teleport herself, teleport herself and another person. Like it's wild what these immersive actors who you know from Creep, you know from Delusion, now they have like this dashboard of things they can do and think about 
what's happening like in their brain. Like imagine if someone from delusion could actually teleport you somewhere. And they had yeah. a whole yeah. backstory, and they—they're well, not human. They could I, be like a oh, skeleton I or a cat. I don't have to imagine yeah, because someone from Delusion, yeah. Dasha, who was a cat, teleported me somewhere, <laughs> and and it was it was fantastic. And like the funny thing is, is like I mean, I mean, Dasha's a friend, and I did not recognize her voice uh, because of she's a pretty good chameleon vocally, and we we did a dub, we did two jumps. Like, you know, it really broke the never follow hippie to a second location rule. <laughs> you know? like, and so like we wound up in this like weird little garden, you know, that she that she took me to. And like she was showing me like how the magic works. But also we were having this like goofy little scene where she she had a whole routine and she wanted me to like, you know, help her come up with dance moves. Oh, and so Vicky the cat. Yeah. And her octopus song. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so I got I got that sequence and it's it's great. And it. It makes no, it has nothing to do with the, the time boat, but it is exactly that. Someone from Delusion went and, and teleported yeah. me. Give an immersive actor the ability to be whatever kind of thing they want. I'm yeah. pretty sure Caitlin Schiller was a skeleton I had today that talked about tomato sandwiches, but I'm not sure. That would, that would, and that it just, right. it's yeah. just, it's beautiful. I hope they keep expanding it. I hope they keep doing more stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, it must be a dream to like be a performer and be like, "Hey, you can transcend space and time now. What would you like to be?" Yeah, I mean, that definitely is a dream. It's a dream for me, and like, well, I mean, that's a dream for for all. Look, any of us. Any, okay, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was, okay, I have to. I have to follow the immersive rule and lean in. This part where I lean in. All right, so um, I mean, so get it close, guys. Um, so smush those teeth together. So uh, I mean, yes. Talk, talk. Okay, I'm trying to talk. It. All right, so um, it's 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 been long. The long has the dream been. Uh, yeah, the the trick. Okay, is Yoda. Now. So so the so, the dream long has it been. The dream long has it been. Um, Do the magic like, hand yeah. talk. Yeah. God. Magic hand. Magic hand. So okay, check Three it out, fingers. y'all. All right, throw throw. Let okay. him talk. Let him talk. For throw, the throw, God. Throw 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 throw. Hear the thing, people. All right. No no no. no. <laughs> No, no, okay. Before this okay. devolves entirely into Mandalorian fandom. Okay, yeah. no, no, okay. No, but what, what, I'm, what I'm saying... We've been at this for a minute. Talk. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> God, people. Um, so, it's after dark. It's after dark. Okay, so my, my, my thing that I'm getting at, okay. Um, those of us who have who've been around in the LARPing world for long enough, and those of us who've read the right things, because I'm going to take you way back. Remember Dream Park? Remember that book? Dream Park. No. From the 70s? Oh, my God. So... Go look it up. Go okay. go Wikipedia. Dream Park. Okay. All right. It was basically the idea that it was a theme park that it was basically an immersive. Oh. Like, other. So like pre Evermore. Um, Evermore. Pre, pre Evermore. Evermore. Post Westworld. Pre you know pre uh-huh. Evermore. Um, and that was the idea. And stuff goes wrong. It's like you know it's kind of Westworld ish, but it is, stuff always goes stuff wrong. Stuff goes wrong. Always goes wrong because otherwise it's boring. But but the idea that there would eventually evolve tools. And that's what these things are really are. They're, they're tools, um, different tools for the actors grab bag, for the creators oh, grab yes. bag, that let them expand the world. I mean, back in the day when people were were trying to explain, like, they're like, "What are you? You're larping? What are you doing?" It's like, "Well, we're going off the woods and we're dressing up in characters." Like, what? And like, you guys ever watched Star Trek? And they go, "Yeah." You watch Next Gen? They go, "Yeah." Say it's the holodeck, and they go, "Oh." And that's what you know. What the new revamp of Westworld has done. It's given us a new vernacular to be able in pop culture to explain people like, "What are you doing?" It's Westworld. They go. Got it. Um, 
but now there's there's all these neat new tools. We have VR that's, that's expanding. We've got um, motion capture, which is becoming more and more um, uh, outside of the video game and um, oh yeah, real time and TV and movie world. Have we talked about one of the things they did that Riot uh, did? Using the Unreal Engine at the Rise of Skywalker premiere? No, no, we didn't. We okay, so what they did is, and this is, you know, so Riot, who's owned by Verizon, so this is all R Y O T. R Y O T. Not Riot Games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Which would yeah. make more sense when you say Unreal. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. saying. It, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, so what they did. Uh, and, and mind you, this is all sort of like to advertise 5G networks, right? Because that's like what what both Verizon and AT&T care about right now is convincing everyone that they need to upgrade their phone, right? Which is a whole, that's a whole other thing. But what they did is they had some sort of screen set up and, and they were calling it AR, but I'm pretty sure what they did is they had like a big, they had a big like, you know, display up and they had two unreal rendered sith troopers that nice. were being driven in real time by actors off-site beamed over on 5g and then there were cameras that were capturing the people who were in the space and feeding that back to the actors so the people in oh, at the wow. premiere so they had were talking they had telepresence, telepresence. Ah. life-size ar telepresence but they were rendering everything in unreal because that's what unreal is really good yeah. at it's amazingly yeah. good yeah. at yeah because that's what they're doing, the, uh, you know. We, oh, we, I know. We, we joked about the Mandalorian, yeah. but that's yeah. what they're doing on the Mandalorian mm-hmm. with the volume, right? Right. Because of all of the stuff that Favreau learned through making Lion King and Jungle Book. Jungle Book, yeah. Right? That, yeah. You know, so, uh, oh, and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. game yeah. engines are gonna be immersive everywhere soon. Yeah. And that's actually one of the things that's interesting. Like when we talk, you know, we what people don't realize about the Mandalorian is that a lot of the shots you're looking at were filmed on the volume, and the volume includes these big display screens that are rendering the set the background set in real time if you watch it enough times (laughs) you can start to pick it out a little bit but it's still hard but it's still hard and and they also when it isn't working well they supplement that with the the post right but the iteration time is so much faster than it used to be because they can do it on set and there's stuff that's in camera and so the actors are looking at the the display of it so like you know, more often than not, when you're when you're looking and watching that show, if it, the background plate, it's kind of like instead of a matte painting, it's like rear, back it's in the day, pro, it's rear projection. It's rear projection at, 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 yeah. a whole, at a whole other level. Yeah, and and you can see this if like if you particularly if you type in like Unreal, like you know, real time commercials or whatnot, you can see this where like you know, like they've set it up so like oh here's a desert landscape and a motorcycle in front of it, and you look and in camera you're just like. It just looks real. Yeah. I mean, it, some of the faculty in my grad program work on that. Right. But but here's where that gets interesting is like, okay, so now put that in a physical space with live actors and a set. And now suddenly we're looking off at a vista and you walk into a room and these, these volumes are good enough that the lighting effects are real. So it's like we're going to stand at the edge of a vista and the sunlight's going to come up. And it's gonna like yeah. dapple our faces, and you're gonna be able to take your your selfie in there and look like you're standing on an alien planet, or you're out in the desert, and really you're just in like a big, you know, video volume that has a few effects, that has a few physical pieces in front of it. <laughs> it's the holodeck. It's, yeah. it's, it's 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 yeah. two thirds of the way. I'm gonna be holodeck. cursed because I know how to turn on like all eighteen light bulbs, and I know what it actually looks like. 
because I know how to use the engine. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, they put the light over here and they put the light over there and they put the light over here. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, but see, that just makes you appreciate like, like <laughs> that, okay, it. Yeah, okay, I was leaning. Um, so that just makes you appreciate it more. I mean, like, I mean, the thing is, like, having having been in, Hol- in and out of Hollywood for a little, bit, little while, the neat thing is once you know how the trick is done, and it's the same thing with if you, for those of us in LA who's gone to the Magic Castle and you've got a chance to look and you know like you know it's a trick you know it's right. a trick you can break it down in your you can head, break it down your head you can visualize it but when it you see it done if it's done right if you done if you do it right with the right skill level you know it's the magic is there so you know well, like but too like Alex yeah, is saying exactly like when it, if the execution is high enough you're you're given permission to play yeah right that's that's the key thing. And and the fact that we can just get to the point where it's that the background can just be a video wall that we then just reskin in game engine and we don't have to paint it or we don't have to haul anything but the wall and that room can just be repurposed over and over again. Yeah. Right? In order to give in order to give like well, a really big sense. I mean in sense as if they're doing the void, right? It's the same the same gray you, the same, box the same with redirected like, walking. Tell what it is, but it's that like that doesn't it, always work. <laughs> yeah, it kind of repurposed it for that. Like that, in essence, that's what you're talking about, right? Like yeah, that's what yeah. it does. But but without but to some degree without the without putting the goggles on, mm-hmm. right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I share the most ridiculous thing that happened at Dreamscape the other day? <laughs> so we're getting ready to go do the whale adventure, the blue. I mean, don't make it too bad. And we're with this family. There's a dad and two kids, and the older son goes, "Oh." This isn't Oculus, is it? <laughs> and he like knew that he was putting on HP gear because it felt different to him. Like they had oh, done all oh. of the Dreamscape adventures. The kid knew that this headset was a different headset. And I was like, oh my god, he is gonna like go like if you are eight or ten years old and your dad is taking See, you to Dreamscape, just, what are you gonna make when you're eighteen? Like it's well, well it's yeah. it's mind blowing, but also at the same time, it's it's a little it's a little disheartening for me just because mm. like um, timey wimey um, <laughs> are. are our kids have gotten to the point where they understand the things way too well, which means they can see. The, their uncanny valley is a lot different yeah, than ours. The seams, the, the like seams, when the hand trackers yeah. don't work well, yeah. and put trackings off, they're going to know right away. So, yeah. so, so sometimes our kids, sometimes I, I hope our kids are able, guys, take your kids to stuff now and get them into it so they can imagine it because less, less likely they'll break it later. But they had a blast. <laughs> In fact, That's at some cool. point, I was like, can you please be quiet? Because I can't hear the narrator, but they're like, whoa, I'm swimming. There's a platform. What's that over there? Oh, my God, it's a whale. Wow, it looks real. Are those dolphins? And I'm like, whoa, I you was, are so into VR. I was telling someone I was telling someone tonight uh, that like there's, there's a massive opportunity for family-friendly immersive. Yes. And, and we're, we've been talking a lot about tech right now. And I think and one of the reasons why it's, it's easy for us to talk about the tech stuff and, and we find ourselves talking about the tech stuff more at NoPro is because it's so it's so much more accessible, right? Right. Like, and we, it's also a destination. It's like a destination. you make plans to go do the void together. Yeah, but also with Oculus, you can have it at home. And, like, and, and more people can get access. I mean, more people can go check out Secrets of the Empire than can check out a Speakeasy Society show. Right, which you know is is sad for us, but it becomes a lingua franca, right? But with the with the kid stuff, like I'm glad to see that like Andy and Jeff are doing stuff over oh, yeah. the screwball yes. builder right and the yeah. dove, right? Yeah. Which you is know? running right now on Friday afternoons. Yeah, yeah. Kevin. Um, I kind of want to. This is the time of stuff. We're going to get into something you kind of talked about with Blake, <laughs> where you talked about kind of the party versus kind of the experiential things in terms of immersive theater. But I think there's another element which is almost that like marketing branded element which ties mm. into this too. 
it's much easier to sell be like hey you want to do this VR thing that's based on Star Wars or Marvel or Ghostbusters the IP yeah. speaking yeah. of which who wants to go to the Britney Spears thing at the Kmart by the oh, third in Fairfax um, sure why not <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think yeah it's much easier to sell to be like hey you want to drop 45 bucks on a Star Wars thing or you get or a to Jumanji like, thing yeah and it's just easier to be like hey come do this instead of like hey you want to spend well, two hours like, wandering around a mausoleum which is cool and some people are going to be into it but it's not for everyone when you got well, to explain 125 it. bucks right. yeah you don't have to explain it like so we're going to go do VR you're going to be in Jumanji afterward you can go shopping go to a movie yeah. who wants to be the rock Mr. the rock Mr. the rock but like a lot of these are in malls right so it's yeah. a natural gathering place and there's stuff to do before and there's stuff to do after it. Whereas if you're going to Altadena, there's nothing around. Well, there. and and we joke, and like I, I was not entirely kidding. Someone needs to take the the Britney Spears assignment. We got to work that oh, out. Bri- uh, I think Bri- Brianna, Brianna's going to. I think Brianna's already involved here for that. She, she already? Yeah. Also, Model Land is coming. Model Land is coming in I thought Santa Monica. I thought Model Land was already here. No, it's, it's not. not I don't think yeah. it's not open yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I just that's the problem about like knowing that things are coming. Like you right. think, like, is that? It? I thought a lot of these selfie that, palace yeah. art installation things are always coming soon until they're not. Until they're not. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but like with the with the Britney thing, you know, that's in the that's in the uh, decommissioned Kmart across the street from oh. the farmers market by Third and Fairfax. Oh, and nice. like you that's know, a destination. It's a destination, yeah. and and it's using that space that you know, is otherwise going to be unused. And I think that's, and that goes again, timey-wimey, you know, Blake was talking a little bit about like disused space in New York. And uh, here in LA, it breaks my heart that it's so hard Hard to to use use one of those disused spaces. Film sets. Well, well, first first permits and then landlords not, landlords holding out for a better deal, right? You know, and it, and it, and, and it's, I mean, that's a, it's a fundamental problem. It's the number one thing that's kind of holding us back. And again, another reason why we're, we start focusing more on like the marketing pop-ups and the VR stuff because there's this chokehold. But we know that if the demand can be built, right? I mean, it's still it's the fundamental thing that we believe in here is that is that if the demand is built, then the shows will follow. Right. Or if the show is really popular, HBO is going to be like, okay, we're going to put money towards Building Westeros. We're going to put money towards building Sweetwater. Yeah. Yeah. And making it accessible. <laughs> to a certain extent during Comic-Con or South by Southwest. Yeah. If but it's you're impo- one of the people standing in line. But I think, but that's the thing is like, you know, these, these things are great pilots, but also, I mean, there's a hard, it's a hard return, you know, like, you know, what was it like two, not this past year's Midsummer, but the Midsummer before, mm-hmm. you know, there was talk about the panel, like, you know, I think someone floated and I won't, I won't repeat who cause I don't want anybody in trouble, but like someone floated that the per patron on one of those activations mm. was $600. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, like, it was in relation to a comic con thing. Yeah. It was yeah. Like, no, yeah, like, also not a comic con right? thing. Something that was just hanging out in Hollywood. I think a little bit like, Oh, well, for, another, a, for a movie. Yeah. No, but yeah. no, 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 no. This was the comic This was in relation to comic. Right. Like, it was an investment also, but yeah, I think by, like, I, a was, Hulu or an Amazon. But I think, yeah, what we're yeah. kind of getting at is that I think almost everything lost money. Like, none of these things made money, and they don't have metrics to measure them in terms of how much they're marketing right. the, and reaching. The region. ROI like, is not measurable, really. Right. But, yeah. but for the, some of these prestige dramas, like, you have to basically do it. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, the... I mean, the way it works is that the word of mouth for some of these for some of these shows is just as good as the people who went, you know, like the word of mouth on what they did to promote it is as 
is as big a deal as you know any yeah. commercial like, brewing. Right. It's in variety. That's what you're talking about. But they didn't have a way to measure that cost in terms of like you're getting so many Instagram hits, you're getting so many tweets like, about it. Like the what hashtags is and the impressions. Yeah, and how does that measure up in actually terms of like ticket sales and what people are coming and like waiting in line for? And it's especially like you get these ones in LA and they're like, they make a big impact here, but how much is that right. reaching across? Or like LA and New York, like that California. Irishman thing. So, yeah. Did that actually push the needle? We don't know. Well, and I mean, well, Kevin's got a really good point here is because like, you know, particularly like a company like Netflix, like you mentioned Irishman, mm-hmm. there's also the Witcher thing mm-hmm. that happened. Oh, and right? the Stranger Things ARG. The Stranger yeah. Things, the Stranger Things ARG. Yeah. And the Scoop, I mean, the Scoops Ahoy one made a big that impact because people, <laughs> people were waiting three hours in line for a basket of Robins. Now, and something I something I learned of something I learned of late is like that was as much driven by Baskin Robbins as it was by Netflix. So it's an investment from both sides. sides. And that one's actually even more interesting because there is like there's a cost like the marketing of a Baskin Robbins actually continue to make money off of it too. Like it's a weird loop there that like actually makes sense in terms of some of these things that doesn't exist elsewhere. It's the evolution of the old tie in. It's like you used to go and like buy like C three PO cereal or like you know find a the cup always had like the Star Wars person on yeah. it. Yeah. The Batman Returns mugs from, you know, Taco Bell, which yeah. were like amazing. amazing yeah. Right. You know, like there's some really, I still have, you know, I mean, how many, similar. how many fucking like toy sets at McDonald's? Right. Like, do you go Those and you get like, also, by the way, first, 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 first word, <laughs> we're drinking. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure I, I said shit earlier. Okay. Well, <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. twice I'll get credit for it. Yeah. But like, By how way, much did Harry Styles' team spend on that ARG oh, thing? Like, they must have spent then so got, much money. And then it got spoiled. By, by Facebook Facebook's tracking pics. <laughs> womp, womp. You it, was, know. it was still very interesting to see all the ARG nerds battle it out with the One Direction fans. I was like, this is the weirdest holy war I have ever seen. You have not been on Twitter. <laughs> oh no, I have been on Twitter. This is weirder, where they started up discords and it was all ARG heads and then the Harry Styles people showed up and they were like, what? Oh my God, I'm so interested in the new album. And all the ARG heads are like, oh no. Okay. It's okay. Harry so, Styles. So. Immersive bringing people together from all sorts of different genres. So we've had... Even who don't want to be together. So that so that was the Kevin segment. <laughs> <laughs> and now... And now... Oh my God. And now it's it's uh, Catherine's turn. So Catherine, your oh immersive... God. That was only 36 minutes of our lives. I know. Uh, go it was a well-spent... Wait, where are you going, Kevin? Okay, Kevin has left the room. Well, he's gone, he's gone we're going alcohol. to get more alcohol. Well, well, but, actually, Kevin's going to get more alcohol, but Kevin, uh, while you're getting that more alcohol, uh, could you tell us, what are we? What before you open that, what are we drinking right okay. now? Anthony has the bottle. So I poured some Eagle Rare bourbon earlier, and okay. then Kevin brought some delicious, Honestly, I should put, I should beautiful put in, beers. I should put this in the so, show notes. So this first one is actually a local brewery from Moorpark, California. It's Ennegrin Brewing Co.'s Belgian Dark Strong Ale that I have been aging... For I don't know how long. <laughs> like in I gotta, the back of your fridge? I gotta, yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta tell you, what's amazing about this is that like, it, I, I'm gonna, it's got some stank on it. Yep. And, but Drop it the taste, funk. but it tastes so mellow. And this is just, it's, oh my God. it's so yeasty. It smells yeah. like brewer's yeast, but to some degree to me, but it does not have. It's not hoppy. Like I, no. I was gonna ask if no, it was hoppy or not. Do you want to taste? Really? Do you want to taste? All right. It's Take a little um, like I'm drinking out of a porg. What's this porg's name? This is like the no, Cliff Dweller that, one. No, that's the Cliff, cliff Dweller one from okay. Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Yeah, I did not name that porg because it's just a glass and not a porg. This episode huh. brought to you by alcohol and apparently okay. Galaxy's Edge. All Oka's of No Presidium is, is brought to you by alcohol okay. and Star Wars. I think we should. Okay, definitely Star Wars. I think it should be clear. Like. 
I drink like once, twice a month. Always drink know? in moderation. So, always drink in moderation. But when I when Behave I do responsibly. I do. All right. And what are you pouring right now, Kevin? Into the Sith Trooper uh, tiki mug. I took public transit. So this is also a semi-local brewery. This one's down in I think Anaheim. This is the brewery's yes. um, Tart of Darkness from Tart 2016. Darkness? Yeah. In a Stormtrooper mug. Yeah. No. He it's said it's a Sith, Sith Trooper because oh, it's red, Sith Catherine. Trooper mug. Yeah, it's the Sith Trooper mug. Well, actually. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm leaving right now. <laughs> oh, God. And Sith Trooper mug. Spoilers. It's impossible to out-nerd anyone at this table about Star Wars. True. 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 Zay, Zay literally, uh, during the Blake section, Zay texted me because Zay and I are due to like have like a, a over-the-air talk about Tross. Uh, and um, he had just got done with his second screening and was like, he's like, I can do it now. And I'm like, we're doing the end of the year podcast. Also, Zay is a red lightsaber. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still need. Oh, so I need to ship him his blade. And I went down oh. to FedEx and they want $70 <laughs> to ship it. Dude, you know, I'm, which I'm, is, I'm supposed to help that. What? No, no, no. No, you, you already helped. Well, no, I have no, to help no, no. He's okay. got, he's got, he's got the handle. It's the blade that has to ship. Well, I know, but I was gonna help. Okay, but we'll figure it out later. Okay. Sorry, Zay. Technical difficulties. Just planning on the podcast. Yeah. This, this is, uh, this is your, your. Oh how was your immersive year? I feel like it's been maybe three to five years in the span of one year. Welcome to Los Angeles. Yeah, man. Um, and 2019. Yeah. I know, 2019. Seriously though. Like, I reviewed a bunch of shows before I left New York. A lot of stuff is has been popping off in New York. It's interesting because now that I've seen both scenes, I can see kind of like the pendulum and the forces pulling at each scene. Whereas, Ooh. like in New York, you've got Broadway, off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, super competitive talent pool. Like, a lot of the people who... Are immersive also do stage stuff, and it definitely feels more like a machine. Like the volume's higher. Um, you'll have stuff like the public theater or BAM throwing in an immersive show or two every season. Uh, you've got Witchhead Collective there, and Third World Projects, and the McKittrick, and everyone who kind of grew up on those so all of the performers who spin off of sleeper more and do their own thing all the performers who spin off of vinciville and do their own thing i mean it's just always going 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 i mean mckittrick and third rail don't tend to pop up new work in new york the uh, grand paradise being the exception and then like immersive doing queen of the night but both of those sophomore shows did not did not have the kind of run that the freshman shows did but then uh but that point of like the the, the, performers the performers doing their own thing, their independent work. All the work. time, yeah. Because yeah. I'm what like the the unbrunch is a bunch of people from Sleep No More, right? Doing Galleria an- Esperancia is someone uh, Taylor Myers who we've had on the show before. He was in both Sleep No More and then she fell. Yeah, and it's, and the funny thing is it's an Alice in Wonderland themed 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 thing yes, from from Sleep and, No More. And <laughs> Billy told me that the owners of that private club asked him to do an Alice in Wonderland, so it wasn't really They're, his idea. To take a bunch of Sleep No More people and do an Alice in Wonderland show. But yeah, um, you know, uh, Trom Novell is a performer from Sleep No More. You got Kelly Bartnick and Creed Amelia doing like their own independent work. And sometimes and like... Kelly was just doing something down in Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah. She, so she was um, doing and here in Atlanta. And she's done yeah. stage work too. So a lot of them will kind of bounce back and forth between the proscenium work and the non-proscenium work. Whereas in LA, like I definitely see 
the outsized influence that TV and film has on the scene in terms of fighting for spaces and fighting for talent and fighting for budget. But then you get all of the talents of someone like Ian Momi, who does those the, the architecture and the set building and all the tech stuff, plus people like Mr. and Mischief, who have the theme park talent. All of that goes into their shows. And then I recently found out that John Braver sometimes guests at the theme park design classes that we have at USC. <laughs> like they keep asking him to like teach parts of it. And a bunch of USC students helped build Alt Delete. <laughs> so there's all this crossover between film TV, theme parks, and the gaming world. And then New York, it's very much like Broadway, off Broadway people doing these like big long running shows and yeah. then trying to do their independent work and then blending that all together much more dance heavy in New York. Absolutely yeah. much more dance And then heavy a lot more York. writing and like prose and dialogue heavy here. Which is one of the reasons why it's exciting to see some of the dance stuff pop back up here. I mean like we had we had Heidi uh, Deckler Dance Theater yeah, going on and, and doing stuff inside specific work and they've been around for a long time. Right. But like getting to see and and I mean one of the first things to really pop in town um, and that KCRW championed was uh, the Day Shall Declare It, which is Annie yes. Saunders. And Annie's been working on other types of work for a while because she's a she's a performance artist. Like, you know, she isn't just gonna be doing immersive. But she's been working on other types of work, but like that really put us on the map for Anthony Weiner, you know, and he he hadn't come along and like right? Anthony Weiner? No. Anthony Burns. Anthony Weiner's that's the that's the that's the that's the guy who gave us um that was uh, Huma's husband. Sorry, Anthony Burns. Sorry, look. The only Anthony I care about is the one sitting right next oh, to me, Anthony Robinson. Oh, politics on the brain. I made it. I made it a sweet thing. But like, oh. you're right. Um, yeah. But Corin Enwicks. In right? um, the last Under the Radar at the Public Theater, she had a proscenium piece in January in early 2019, and yeah. I was expecting it to be immersive, and then I looked, and it wasn't, and I was yeah. like, oh. And, and then I looked at her portfolio, and it's she's very like and multifaceted, and interdisciplinary. And that's a show that Eric Vosmeyer has worked on. Eric Vosmeyer has worked on Blackout, and he's and he's doing the the summit with me, right? And I mouth. want to live in your mouth. And I want to live in your mouth. Oh, oh yeah. but, but yeah. we should talk about that show yeah, yeah. in a bit. But, yeah. but this is one of nope. things I, I nope. keep. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a broken record because I, I talked about this I think once every podcast. Um, how you design immersive mm -hmm. comes down to, you know, how you enter it. You know, so if you're coming from a background yeah, of film and TV, you know, you're going to come at it one way. If you're coming at it from a stage present, you're coming at it one way. You're coming from a LARP version, right. you're coming at Dance. it one way. Dance, you're coming from a different way. Um, video games come in a different way. And you can, and if you spend enough time looking at it, you can actually see, you know. But there are exceptions. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. Haley Nichelle was a dancer. She's learned to act. She, her, her voice is, so the at home the version the of Chained like her voice is what starts off the oh, at home fantastic. version of Change, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And she was uh, the girlfriend, Crean, in Johnny Cycle. And she now performs in Red Flags. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and Haley's great as an example of like someone who is he's purely devoted to this craft because, okay, let's take a look at Haley's career. Sleep, so Ju Juilliard mm -hmm. for training, Sleep No, no More, more. Yeah. Then and She, she fell. fell, Chained, Heidi Duckler Dance Theater. Yeah. Speakeasy Society, and and now the home version of Chained and Red Flags, right? And her own work. And her, her own, work, and yeah. not to mention her, her own, own work, work yeah. right? And that's 
that's awesome number one but number two show someone like crossing over and multidiscipline, yeah. and like not to not to turn it into a plug for the summit but one of the things one of the reasons why you know it, it'd be possible to walk away from the idea of the summit like it, it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of work it's scary as hell to put something on that's that big and growing but the fact, damn foolish crusade damn, damn foolish crusade, crusade. <laughs> but that being said, the idea that we're bringing these different disciplines together and that some, I mean, look, I'm very proud and we, we haven't had something, we didn't have something come out of year two uh, that I know of yet, but I am damn proud that Rochester 1996 yeah. mm. exists oh, did because and Tad like, and Lauren met oh. at the first IDS, right? And that potential, and that's just theater, theater, but the potential for people across the disciplines, that's where I'm rolling the dice. That's what I'm holding out for is when someone f like uh, a Jeff Crocker meets someone from who, of Mr. and Mischief meets someone from across like the country, like meets like a Jordan from linked dance theater and hits it off. And then next thing you know, and because they're going to, well, I don't want to say something, but like fingers crossed, fingers, fingers crossed themselves. But like, remember, remember, I guess there's things we shouldn't say. Yes. Right. But like hits it off and then, you know, takes the time at a certain point in, in, in the bubble to like cross over and do something. And, and maybe even like Sam Gorman's like around. And oh it's yeah. Like, I mean, this is why I love Eli from yeah. Thunderclaws because yeah. he's an improv guy yeah. who's a CS student in games. Yeah. And he worked on the hundred percent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then suddenly we've got something that would not exist if it wasn't for this place and time and space and that we're, that we're drawing all these elements together. I mean, that, that was my top five. I realized every single thing I loved was hybrid work. It was games meeting theater. It was VR meeting theater. It was VR meeting theater meeting games. Like the privilege of escape. That was Reese's first time working with actors. Oh, wow. And they had this whole onboarding where you're entering a study for the institute. And they handed out badges. And some were in the A group and some were in the B group. And it was completely arbitrary what group you got. And they had this whole experiment where they had this onboarding and then a giant debriefing. She'd never worked with actors before. She'd never really made like an escape room. She made interactive puzzly art, like interactive things that were um, outside in like public parks and plazas or, um, you know, Chained, The Undered Presents, uh, Chaos Theory by Jessica Crean. It's all secret game mechanics dressed up as interactive theater, dressed up as a TED talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there well, are velociraptors. Well, and, and, the, and the critical thing there is... It's folks from outside of a discipline approaching another discipline and not having the not having preconceived notions about how things work and being able to see that convention isn't always the way to go. Right. Like the nest, right? They mm -hmm. describe themselves as immersive theater. There's no live actors. But it's the closest to a walking simulator and a video game that you can do in real life. Yeah. It's an escape room where you should actually slow down and listen and look at things well, and, that's and not worry about the puzzles. favorite things about that show is actually how they can slow you down themselves with the flashlights. Like, it's something you kind of like, you might realize when you're going through it, it's like, why does it keep flickering? Like, why right. is it doing this when I... Why like, can't I go over here? Yeah, and it's like, but they can actually control it to slow you down too, which is an interesting element of how much like control over that space they have and how much like thought they brought to it and be like, no, we don't want you going this fast and we're going to build an element 
to stop you from doing it. Yeah. Like we the, can. The goal is not to beat the room. Yeah. The goal is to like feel the story. Story. Yeah. 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 story. Yeah. Yeah. And and which brings us around to like one of my favorite things uh, that we've that we've all done for the year, which was getting to do the hex room together. Oh my yes. god! And the way and the way Crossroads <laughs> that was great. approaches their design because of uh, you know there's the, yeah there's theatricality in psych right? Yeah. Or like USC just, alums, yeah. Or we got to do seance, right? Yeah, and, and seance that, was one of the coolest shows. Actually, there were a lot of puppet shows this year. We had seance and I want to live in your mouth. Yeah, that strong puppet. Yeah. The pu- the pu- but seance is so I mean I, I hope that seance becomes a perennial for them and I know that they've built it so they could possibly travel it's so good yeah and I didn't I didn't know what to expect out of that show I was like oh this is cool and it's fun and it's like it's one of those ones I think kind of going back to that it's like you can get people to come to it it's like it's a seance it's kind of scary but it's like it's based around this idea that people kind of know like you fuck around on the Ouija board like it's some ghosts like mm-hmm. there's some ghost hunting elements like I would go again yeah. and lean back, but I would want to go with a whole set of friends because we Ooh. got we yes. got randos. Right. Well, you guys went on like review night, right? Yeah. 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 Um, it'd be so much fun to go. But to yeah, like having like the crew that we did Hex Room with would have been like, it was it was super fun as it was. But like if we'd had that crew, it would have been even like even oh my more god, fun. like it been so cool. So much that, fun. That was like, a killer crew. Fun. Yeah, because well, you, who, me, PG, Will. Yeah, yeah Will it was. It was yeah. all. And Will. Yeah. yeah, it was us. Will, it was yeah. us and PG and Will. And yeah. I had the best time bringing PG to Escape from Gato. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I introduced <laughs> you guys. That, that that makes me happy. She was like, "I know this, but it's also a play. What's happening?" So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just like rave about the show for a minute because like, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. And we got a little bit stuck um, around the bicycle puzzle and. That actor who has to repeat the same monologue <laughs> over and over if you guys are stuck and he's like putting his arm around you and looking you in the like he's inches away from your face and he's saying I, that monologue because we got really, really stuck. Like we did bad at that puzzle. That was the only bottleneck we had. And he f- sounded like he was going to die. So I, I had the same experience, but I think it was a different puzzle. I think we got stuck on the shoe puzzle with like the left foot one. Oh. And it was a really long monologue that he just had to keep going through and going through and going yeah. through. And that, faster those and the faster. Hints. And it's so, it's so impressive just what the actors are doing, but also like how the show is like built around this, this play. Yeah. Like, and it makes you feel like. And they've you're written the whole play this... to not yeah. imp- infringe on any copyright <laughs> from the <laughs> estate. So it's all like mimicry. It's so good. My. My favorite things about that show. No one, no one just like leaned in from like three feet away. Yeah. My favorite thing about no the show is. are are one that during the during the initial fringe run, like I got so into that show that we wound up having like the fastest time. Really? Because um, oh. because we blazed through it because like I was just like a kid in a candy store. Wait, did you do the um the script at the end with the accent? I was just about to say what was fun. So like I leaned in really hard, but then also like what I always do in these situations, I, I lean in really hard, but then like I try and try and like quarterback a little bit. And so like, I'm not doing all the positions, but like right. something, if I, you it, can like enable other people. Right. And like, I'll jump, I'll jump in. That's usually my, my job in an escape room is like, I'll jump in to like try and fix something. That's why you're in the hex room. Who's the person in the I was middle? the detective in the hex yeah, room. You're, right? you're yeah. You're like the coach. Yeah. 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 I try, I try and play coach. That's, that's my natural place in, in a, and, and coach, not leader, but coach. That's my natural place in, in, in these things. And so for that one, what was funny 
is like, because a little spoiler, like there's a script you've got to read and you're told to do it in a bad Irish accent. And what I loved, I was not up for it and I was really jealous. I was like, oh, I wish I could do this part, but someone else had the script, but they were not doing a bad enough Irish oh, no. accent. Oh, the same thing you happened have in my show. You have to lean in all yeah. the way. So like, Our guy was perfect. So finally, after they did like three or four times and it wasn't going, I was just like, oh, can I take a crack? And I did the worst drunk Chief O'Hara from Batman you could imagine. Q52. And it was... Just, it was, just do it right now. It was perfect. It was perfect. But the fun, the, actually, the funny thing about that one is is that I base... Anyway, like I based it off a, of a very old drunk Irish guy at a Catholic bar in San Francisco who I, who I had a conversation with once. So like I had Chief O'Hara and that, and it was just... It was, Based on real life. Based on real life. You got to have life experience. You got to have life experience. Life so, is, life experience? So, so, Wait, what was the question again? <laughs> your immersive year. How's yeah. Um, how, how it's been your... a whirlwind. It's been a, ch- a lot of change. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't really write about our epic road trip. Ugh. From um, I went down. So we, we left New York and we went down to Virginia to see my brother and his wife to meet their newborn twins. I think they were two months at the time. And then we went from, oh, I think, okay, definitely, there was Maryland, Delaware, regular Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, and then we made a pit stop to go to City Museum in St. Louis on the basis of a recommendation from the Room Escape artists. So thank you, David and Lisa Spira, Oh, um, yeah. This place is wild. City f- Museum? The City Museum is a yeah. former factory. So there's no I saw, map. I saw your pictures. Those are Everyone amazing. gets lost. It actually is a functioning museum. There are there are exhibits. Because I saw one about architecture and like different types of tiling. And every single adult I saw had lost their child. Because <laughs> <laughs> you end up in this series of caves. And there's these tunnels. I love that we all broke into laughter for that. And it only feels okay because Anthony has two kids. That's the like, only reason why it feels well okay. There are like, too, just like <laughs> build, build, build. tunnels that lead somewhere that are only maybe two and a half feet in diameter. Which oh, means God. that only children, only children get can get through the tunnel. And you're just like, I don't know where this pops out of. There's like a weird sculpture. All of a sudden, I found myself in an aquarium. And then I was in Egypt. This oh, is my and life have, all the time um, with my kids, just so you know. So welcome to that world. So if you get up to the roof... Um, there's a Ferris wheel, oh, and then you can look down, and um, there's like a short school bus on part of the roof, and um, some abandoned planes, and then there's a slide from the roof all the way down to the ground. And so, that's how you get to leave. Yeah. It, it is amazing. So I'm um, never going to take my kids here, just so you know. No, bring, as little as bring as little as possible. Um, Wear kind of like... <laughs> Easily. Did you say drink as little as possible? <laughs> bring as little as possible. Oh, bring bring as, little as little as possible. They do. They actually do have adult night. Oh God! <laughs> field trip. No, no, no pro field trip. Uh, like they had a bunch of those. Um, it was like a skate park, but indoors. But you didn't have a skateboard. You just like got on all of the different curved platforms. They had those crazy spinny tops. There's just a bunch of st- and nothing there makes any sense. I ended up in a hall of mirrors at some point. And then in a jungle at some point. But yeah, um, bring knee pads. 
And <laughs> that's, that's that's literally the subtitle of this episode yeah. is Bring Me Pads. <laughs> and you know, clothing that you can breathe in cuz you know. So that what? was a, that was cuz you get really sweaty. Because it's this old factory, so there's no air conditioning. So if you're there in the summer... <laughs> Anthony is not okay <laughs> to leave the room. Oh, my God. Has this ever happened? Anthony yes. Has left the yes, room? it happens. So, yeah. Not in about 15 years and not on the podcast, but it happens. A refillable, Anthony. So, before. knee pads, refillable water bottle. Know that the Ferris wheel on top of the thing costs extra. And take a selfie in front of the praying mantis. Okay, okay. Oh. Uh, we're going to take a break, <laughs> or we're going to do the Blake section. Anthony's City Museum, go- An- St. Louis, we love you. Anthony's going to reset. An inspiration for Meow Wolf, by the way. Uh, yes, Anthony's going to reset. Uh, as we, as We've we, lost him. Uh, well, stop it, stop He's it, hold gone. on. As, as we enter into oh, yeah. hour two of the podcast, we're going to have the 20-minute-ish segment with Blake, and then when we come back uh, for the middle of hour two, will be Anthony's Immersive 2019 uh, no proscenium. Cue the music. Wait, am I done? Did I finish? Yes, I you I finished. finished. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Okay, so starting off, now we just happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday us. Happy birthday, us. All right. Blake, you do, do you have a do you have a drink by any chance? Um, I can grab something non-alcoholic because I'm on <laughs> vacation and don't have access to my liquor cabinet. But I <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a vacation. Yeah, it's not a vacation. Yeah. I think I think it's we're gonna do a family vacation. A family vacation. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, see. given that you told me you were going to Colonial Williamsburg earlier, you deserve a drink. <laughs> oh, that's why. Fair it's... enough. Yeah. Um, we're just gonna. We're going to be very no pro about this. This is just an after dark. Um, it's for the end of the year. Um, let's ID everyone uh, around the table. Of course, you know my voice. Uh, on the line, we have Blake Weil from New York, currently in Williamsburg, Virginia, calling in to wish everyone a happy immersive new year. Happy Uh And to my immediate left is Anthony Robinson. And going clockwise around the table, Catherine Yu. And Kevin Gossett. So it's uh, the, the head of the New York and uh, the the core of the LA team. And yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna have Blake on for the first segment, and then uh, because there's a big time difference here and a bunch of technology, uh, we're we're gonna gonna have a little break in the middle of the show and get more drinks. Um, so this, this year, y'all, does any, anything stand out as like a big theme for anybody? We have not prepared for this at all. This is a classic no bro. Like not, not in the least I prepared. Well, you... Speak for yourself. <laughs> Catherine prepared. Still classic no pro. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine prepared. No one else did. Classic no pro. Um, Would you like some notes, Blake? No, <laughs> I mean like I, I'm, I'm doing the thing where like I don't I don't want to be the one to like define. I just want to judge. So Anthony, <laughs> yeah, Anthony says the man who wrote the glossary. That's <laughs> true. Um, I think this was this is the year of shows going big. 
Oh, really? You feel, yeah. You, yeah. Do you feel yeah. like that? Yeah. Okay. Or, or oh, like wow. great expectations. Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, Blake. How is that hitting with you? Um, agreed on the big shows. I more wanted to say this is the year of everyone becoming a LARPer. Um, <laughs> it feels like immersive has finally kind of hit the mainstream in a way that everyone seems to have at least some level of media literacy and how to interact with it, even oh. if they're kind of new to it. Interesting. I mean, I I will strongly disagree given some of the stuff I've seen I mean, over the past couple of months. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, who is, who is everyone? I, yeah. Where are they going? Yeah. Is it like baby steps? Yeah. But level if you if, hold on, Blake's, Blake's got something. Blake's, here we go. All I'm saying is that if you took someone off the street and you sent them to Galaxy's Edge, they would function. They would be able to play along. They wouldn't freak out in the way I think they would have two years ago. I mean, there's there's Anthony are kind of like a little column A, a little column B because I think we can point to the fact that like, you know, Florida literally walked back the the food menu after only trying it for a month yeah. because people kept on ordering the shack roast and think they were ordering shark and uh, wondered why the fried and Dorian tip yip wasn't tri-tip. So like when it comes to like literally functioning, like people could not read what was underneath the main title of the food because it did say what it was and, and operations got scared. Yeah, but I think like I, mean, I guess like the menus are one thing, but I think like how people bouncing off the actual like cast members, I feel like people got into that, and you'd even see a lot of like the social media stuff with like the little kids where it started where they kind of like they instinctively knew how to react to to Ray or Kylo or the stormtroopers, and like I think the world bounced off them, if not the the menus and the signage and some of like the more like in depth stuff. But I think the characters are kind of like the heart of Galaxy's Edge, and that I think seems to work. On I mean, some I, level. I think that's a good point, particularly like. Uh on the kids side. I mean, Anthony, you go to a lot of, you're, you're our resident kid immersive dad blogger. Um, yeah, like, it, it, it really does work for, with the kids. Um, but also like kids and immersive in general. Kids and immersive in general. Well, this is the last like year and a half has been actually really good towards kids and immersive. Like we've seen like a growing trend of people like actually including kids in interactive um, theater more and more. Um, but Kids know instinctively how to play, even the ones who don't want to. You know, mm. they 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 get it on a, on some base level. Um, I mean, I was just at I was just at Knotts earlier. It hadn't helped me, and we were on the train, and you know, they do the train robbery. You know, uh, you know, the, the guys walk through, and uh, my little son Jay, um, who totally gets into it and gets you know understands that you know these guys you know are people, just start screaming out because like. The hard thing is the kids today are getting to that point where they, they understand that there's a, a separation between reality and play mm -hmm. and they know how to play and they get into it. But we as adults have kind of impressed this thing on it that it's harder for them to, to let go of the real world. So he was like, okay, robbers, you can't rob this. This is a theme park. <laughs> He's screaming. Wow, that's and, so meta. Yeah, like he went meta. And, and, and I'd seen other kids going like, yeah, you can't. Like, there was kids next to him and they were totally like, like, yeah, it's a theme park. The children broke the world. The broke oh the my world. god! And like the adults were playing along. It's like you know we all got our hands up, and my son is literally going. It's like you can't. It's just a train ride. You can't rob us. <laughs> we paid money it. to be here. Yeah, 
and but he's also one of the same kids who will totally you know go like well you guys robbed the bank robbed the train he's like yeah okay you robbed the bank like you play along with ghost town alive so you know what i mean like it's like even the kids who know how to play i think we're we're, we gotta get we gotta get back to the point where everybody plays again and it's um well, I think Blake. I think maybe to, to to your point about LARPing and people knowing, like, is that is that kind of what you're talking about? That people are sort of ready to play again? Is that what you're starting yeah. to see? Yeah, uh, maybe it's just that. Like, I don't want to say that Westworld made LARPing sexy, mm. but it's like, I mean, it. I feel like of... we've finally gotten past the lightning bolt video, and people are ready to play along again. And there's less embarrassment yeah. it's yeah. still clumsy but people are willing to put themselves in the space and try yeah i mean i think i think to the westworld point even though this was a year without westworld i think it became so much wasn't it did we get westworld no, this, this year, was oh, year yeah, yeah, westworld, yeah. yeah um this often comes so long with these things i mean it became so much easier after season one of westworld to explain what immersive was with a right. bunch of caveats. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the caveats are pretty simple. You like, you can't kill them and you can't screw them. You You're know? not like actually shooting the performers, please. Yeah, you know, like, um, and 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 with those with those caveats in place, like just what the basic function, like the basic idea is, like, yeah, you're going to be in that world and the world's going to respond to what you do, and people were able to kind of grok that, and so that I think that definitely like you know, lowered the threshold for folks, but also set some relatively high expectations, you know, like, and I think, I mean, to that point, I think we saw some, you know, crises there around things like, you know, the immersive, you know, Wolf of Wall Street in London, right? And like, you know, having to like adapt, you know, put down some rules and adapt some things. I mean, also they were adapting Wolf of Wall Street, which is a very ribald, like over the top, peace and then found that you know they were setting people up to like want to like lose themselves in a, in a world of 80s excess and then were sort of shocked to find that people were losing themselves in a world of 80s excess right you know the one thing though kind of to your point though is that i almost feel like this year is the death of expectations working in the immersive space the I've found myself less and less able to predict how immersive something is going to be. You know, there was, mm. we've been kind of pulling back on, oh, sorry, we've been pushing back sort of, I guess, for all the time. Welcome I've to been the New York Carrier no job. <laughs> on the, the use of the I word, you know, everything is immersive if you call it immersive. And this year, some things that seemed like, oh, yeah, that's totally going to be immersive, ended up just being like, oh, no, it's a play with a funny smell. <laughs> well, you know, then there's something that reads like a selfie factory, like the immersive nutcracker cocktail set of Facebook advertising fame that I honestly <laughs> had a delightful time going to. And I was like, yeah, this is immersive. I can put up with it. It's the okay, I'm, I'm guys, of immersive theater. I'm glad you guys like that, like the New York instance. We kept on asking the LA instance to like let us send somebody, and they kept on acting like we don't exist. But that's fine. Um, Fever's Fever's an interesting company. We'll probably get a lot more into them as, as the year goes on. Um, as the new year goes on. Um, but that kind of makes sense, Blake. Right? That the more of these pop ups 
and activations happen, the more people are like, oh yeah, I went to that Alita thing and that Expanse thing. I'm going to go to the Nutcracker thing and oh, here's a tea party thing. Yeah. And then it's, it, it's, it's more like the nightlife angle as like the entryway. Well, and then I, and that's in such a good thing. Well, Blake, you went, correct me if I'm wrong, you went to Sleepy Hollow, right? Yes, I did. Sleepy Hollow was great. Yeah. And I've been ta- I was talking to someone about that uh, today and specifically about the idea that you, the way you kind of presented it, and maybe you could really break this down for us, because this is something that I, I have been wanting to talk to you about, um, that basically like they sort of like ease people into interaction, right? So maybe you can break down how that works, uh, how, how Cloudus and Clo- Co. do that for the Sleepy Hollow experience. It was a really nice and smooth process. Um, they have the benefit of working with some great historical locations that already get people in the mood. And so part of me thinks that one of kind of the, the first thing you're dealing with is people's preconceptions. And when you're dealing with these historical places, and I feel ridiculous saying this from Colonial Williamsburg, people think of living history museums. People think of, you know, going to the old tailor shop and talking to the guy in characters, you know, the old tailor and being like, aha, and what is this thread you're using? So they're already... There's already that template for interaction kind of in place. And then they do a pretty standard, you know, circulate, discuss, chit-chat with the actors opening. And then as it sort of transitions into a promenade play, they still manage to during the scene transitions, during scenes with a few little bits of asides, during the intermission, call people out more than pull them in. Acknowledge their presence, um, make them feel like they're part of the action. Pull them in in a diegetic sing-along that's happening in-universe. And that all sort of, by starting to layer those very basics of interaction, in this setting that they're very much able to work with, it piece by piece, you can watch people get more comfortable. And that was really nice to see. Mm. How far does it go? How much agency do they yield up to folks? I would say the agency is pretty light for mm. Sleepy Hollow Experience. It tends closer to Cedar in the Surround Meets Promenade play, but as far as your angle on the story you do get a lot of leeway because you do have this capacity to interrogate comes off as too strong a word but you do end up forming these weird little relationships based on who you've decided to talk to during the bits where there's talking and so i ended up you know oh God, I feel kind of bad for doofy Ichabod Crane because he was really nice to me and always was like, gold star student, high five during every scene we had together. (laughs) And then, you know, like whoever was hanging out with Brom Bones is like, oh my God, yes, he's dead, good. It reminds me of when I'm in Sleep No More. I usually, both times I've been, I've ended up following around villains and really not caring about Lady Macduff at all and being relieved when she dies. But I know oh, I that scene is horrific. In the hotel oh, lobby so, against the wall. She's so smug like, though. She's just oh, afraid and she's very pregnant. If you've been following Mrs. Danvers though, you're just like, yes, 
end this. Come on. God. Right. Who is this bitch? I don't care about her sister. Die. Oh my God. <laughs> and so, like, I'm sure the Brom Bones audience was like, yes, Ichapod, dead, on the bridge. We got the girl. High five, our team. So, like, <laughs> well, I definitely don't think it goes to that level of agency and perspective it does allow for kind of the pleasures of varying your perspective in an immersive space yeah. and i like that yeah no and i think i think that's like the quintessential thing right you know it's like if you're if you give people a chance to vary perspective and like get get some idea of I mean, what's outside of the motion picture frame you know what's what's past the panel like that's that's the table stakes and i don't know for me people chase agency so much like narrative agency that they they sometimes miss the simple pleasures and and really can kind of like fall all over themselves when just the simple joy of like i'm gonna go follow the cook you know can can give you everything you really needed blake uh, before we let you get back to historic colonial Williamsburg, um, uh, I wanted to ask you two things. Uh, the first is this is your this is your first uh, year uh, as part of this part of the team. Um, how how has it been for you? How's it been uh, 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 entering into this strange alternate universe? I'm sorry. Catherine, um, the only thing you have to apologize for is for me now being unrelatably cool at all my dinner parties. <laughs> like, my, my family and friends now think of me as sort of like very much the Stefan from SNL character, like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to these, here's what's going on, here's a New York's hottest new show, it's got everything, and, you know, and so there, everyone imagines me in, like, the weirdest, oftentimes most salacious and bizarre situations they can muster, but from my perspective, it's been, like, a constant delight, I like that because so much of immersive theater is in the world building, it feels like every week or two, I get to go someplace completely new without leaving the city. Mm. I've really enjoyed kind of, and I'm not even talking like personal gossip here, but I've enjoyed kind of learning the feelings of like the rivalries in the space between, you know, like, the selfie palaces and the, you know, immersive art theater and the immersive party theater and the parties that are taking on bits of immersive theater and how all these little bits and pieces kind of fit into the landscape. And so I think starting in maybe like November, it was the first time I felt remotely confident that I could even understand the information flow I was getting on the space figure out how all the pieces fit together. So it's been immensely rewarding. And I would say that I've enjoyed a good 70% of the shows I've seen. <laughs> and of the 30 that are left, the 20 that 20 of the 30 that I didn't like, I at least didn't like in an interesting way and was happy I saw. Yeah, that's always good. So what what are you either looking forward to or what are your predictions for 
New York's immersive scene. Oh my God! I wish in, I had prepared more. <laughs> um, Just off the top of your head, I want your I want your gut reaction. That's one of the reasons why I do my this gut one. reaction. Um, I think that Museum of Ice Cream is going to start to kind of be the big selfie palace magnet, and there's going to be a few big selfie palace institutions as some of the broader selfie palace world dies out. I think we're going to see a lot of smaller agile shows using public space creatively. I think, I hope at least, um, we're going to see some large-scale immersive working in dying buildings that New York has a lot of dying storefronts and buildings, and we've got a lot of interesting site-specific and immersive works that are looking for some place where they can have multiple rooms to play with. And I feel like immersive is going to start or rather keep invading nightlife more and more. Um, this is in a review that hasn't been published yet, but I was talking about um, Bon Voyage Aloha, and right. which, you know, kind of spoiler alert, I dug it. Um, <laughs> but it might be out by the time it, by the time this runs, by the it way. It might be out by the time this runs. Yeah. But the main the main kind of takeaway I have from that as far as my perspective in the space is that people are getting bored with the current variety of New York nightlife. And I think that people are going to be not necessarily marketing it as immersive theater or immersive entertainment per se, but taking elements and techniques from the immersive world and applying them to the nightlife world. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah. And I, th I think, I think that's a pretty, pretty much a prediction you can take to the bank uh, in, in part because, you know, the I word does get overused. And when you say experiential to someone, their eyes just cross and they don't know what the hell it is you're trying to sell them. But if you say there's this cool party, um, there uh, might be actors, you should dress up. Yeah. Just, there's, cool, there's this cool party dress up. People are going to get, people are going to go, right? Like there's a way in which the techniques are more important than, than the marketing through it. But I, but I also think like, we're just going to, we're going to see this stuff cycle around. And it's funny because, you know, the nightlife aspects of this were where a lot of these things started and it's just, it's kind of like I always see in comedy, I always see the cycles between uh, stand-up and sketch, right? And like, which thing is dominant in the comedy world, kind of like, you know, arcs through and arcs through, like where the stars are coming from. And uh, it might very well be that in immersive, it's, it's between the nightlife and the more theatrical. And that's the, that's the cycle there, like who's, who's got the juice. Blake. Thank you for, for hanging out with us uh, for this part of the show. And uh, we'll get you on a lot more in the coming year, okay? Hey, looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking as always. Happy New Year. Enjoy your drinks. 
I'm going to finish up my lemonade and then have a not even good, a peaceful rest before Bush Gardens Christmas Town tomorrow. So I'll, oh. I'll let you know on Slack if there's any immersive elements oh, yeah. there. <laughs> All right. Well, we look forward to the full review of Bush Gardens Christmas Town. Good night, Blake. Good night, Blake. Good night, everyone. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. All right, I caught bits and pieces of that as I was scrolling through, uh, making little adjustments as we go. And, uh, oh, man, uh, it takes me back. It takes me back to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, earlier in the week uh, when everything was uh, bright and shiny and full of hope. <laughs> I laugh because, you know, the world does the thing that the world does right now. But um, it's it's fascinating. Like, I'm, I've got a lot of zen at the moment, and uh, a lot of it comes from uh, getting chance to the time to chance to spend time with 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 these lovely people and with uh, all of you and share this with you. And I think I'm actually going to re-listen to this episode just to, just to get that warm feeling back. Um, and you know what? Uh, we we've had so much fun that, like I said, uh, there's there's two more hours of this coming your way next week, uh, which we will break up into two episodes. And uh, just to make it manageable, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get the team together a little more regularly. I promised you some news for those of you who stuck around. Uh, we're about hour twenty in, so maybe there's still time. Look, um, right now we are uh, here. The badges for here, uh, the open season on badges for here starts this Monday, January sixth. All right, uh, the badge price will uh, will go up to six hundred dollars uh, this weekend is the last of the pre-sale for anyone who either attended or applied to previous immersive design summits. Um, the events in March of this year, uh, this year, it's this year, it's 2020, uh, March 27th through 29th in Pasadena. Uh, if you attended or applied before, you are eligible for uh, the uh, 2019 price of $500. Um, this is your last chance to get it uh, as of uh, Monday morning. Uh, we will, we will no longer have that price available. Uh, there are some badges left at the $500 price. And if you were thinking about it, this is the weekend to go and do that. After that, you know, uh, it, it goes up to 600. We've got, um, we've got a lot of announcements coming on Monday regarding the summit. Um, there's some stuff that I'm really excited about, uh, to bring you and some speakers, uh, who are going to be fun to announce. And we're going deep this year in a way we haven't before. And, and we're adding something. And if you, you know, look at the, look at the website, you'll understand what we're adding. Uh, we're adding, uh, an, an angle to this that we haven't been able to do before. And, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, the dream slowly, but surely haphazardly comes true. Um, so look for those announcements this weekend, and there's still time to pre-register. Um, another thing, big thing, today, the 3rd, this is the deadline for applications for the uh, for subsidized and scholarship tickets. We have gotten more requests than we have tickets, requests for applications. However, as of this recording, we have fewer applications filled out then we have uh, requests. So um, 
a lot of people just sort of sitting on their hands and they, they've been given the application, but they haven't done anything with it. So that means that the odds of getting uh, a scholarship uh, or a subsidy this year are pretty good. Um, so, you know, today's the day. Here's your last chance. Um, boggles my mind that that would be the scenario of all things, but nevertheless, it is. Uh, so now's your chance uh, uh, to do that. Just just do remember, um, we, we don't have a bunch of big sponsors this year. We've had big sponsors in the past, and maybe we'll get some sponsors down the line. Sometimes that's how it happens. They come in at the last minute. Uh, but the full price tickets are what subsidizes uh, the the ability for us to do the scholarships and the subsidies. So so you know, don't apply unless you really need one, um, uh, because there's someone who who does really need one, and we need the funds in order to make the whole thing work. Uh, putting on this thing not cheap. Uh, this thing has a budget far beyond my personal budget for the year. For instance, this is a really big event, uh, and going to three days means it's it's it costs a lot of money to do. So um, you know, be be mindful of of when you're asking for those. Um, on the other hand, if you do need one and you've just been like, well, I don't know, if, you know, just apply, 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 apply. We're gonna be we're gonna be uh, uh, giving those out uh, in the middle of the month and and firming things up. Uh, and there will be some more announcements, and we are gonna have uh, some tickets available. Uh, for just uh, Saturday only, that's an option, and that's a lower-priced option. Uh, but that only happens, uh, you know, once we once we sell through uh, the main ones. So just just know uh, that opens up on on the later end. We may hold back the the, the Saturday onlys until we've gotten the the three days done. Um, but yeah, those are the deadlines today. So uh, uh, you know, it's it takes us time to get through all this stuff. So. Now's your chance. Now's your time. Um, all right. That is it for deadlines and for announcements. And uh, look, uh, as I've alluded to a couple of times, uh, you know, the, the the news of the world has gone completely pear-shaped in just a couple of days, uh, thanks to uh, the, the the vortex of chaos that is uh, that sits on the East Coast, uh, right there in the middle of it all. Um, right there in the middle of the DMV. Um that being said, uh, like I said, I, I've got some Zen going on, uh, and it, indeed, it's it's because of all of you and because of this community. And there's there, it can feel weird sometimes. Like I mean, I definitely have the intellectual, you know, philosophical, you know, like what are we doing with ourselves when the world is? But you know, always remembering that you know, cultural creation is about writing to the metal of a society. And about addressing not just the values we profess, but the ways in which we behave, the ways in which people connect and interact with each other. Connect and interact. Yes, connect and interact. Um, the way we engage with the world and indeed the actions we take after that engagement. Um, this is, I firmly believe this remains the deep work. Uh, hidden as it often is, it remains the deep work and the impact that just altering the paradigm of art and entertainment, uh, it, it's, it's a prerequisite for whatever good thing comes after the, the age of chaos that we're in right now. So 
prepare for the work for the future, prepare for it, uh, acknowledge the present, know the obstacles of the present. And we're very aware of the obstacles of the present, but don't lose sight. Don't lose sight of what it is we're striving for. That leads without hope. There can only be complacency. I'm making a face that's like, you know, I mean, it's almost unfortunate that that's true. So hold on, because here we go. All right. As we mentioned before in the past, No Persinium is brought to you by listeners like you, our Patreon backers, who you can join at patreon.com slash no And I will not tell a lie. We need the support. Um, whether you're coming to the summit or you're not coming to the summit, uh, if you enjoy the things we do, if you rely upon them in any way, shape, or form, a dollar or five dollars a month makes a world of difference. And the people who make this crazy dream uh, seem plausible uh, are our sustaining backers. And those are Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mystery, Sidney Guillory, and Jeremy Charles Hahn. Um, thank you all so much for literally helping me pay my rent. Uh, this is, and I'm always embarrassed to say it, uh, this is now the primary source of my income. And you can look on Patreon, you can see how much I make a month. <laughs> and I live in Los Angeles. So um, more than ever. Uh, and in, I know that it's this, the in a world, you know, like this, woof. Um, but here we go. Um, I, I, I've been restored by uh, the past few weeks process and um, let's get the word out there. Let's go, let's go change the world. All right. And then uh, let's listen to a bunch of ridiculous podcasts for the next week. <laughs> make ourselves, give ourselves the, the fortitude we need uh, to, to face, um, to face just a world that just doesn't want to change, but that's okay. We'll do it. I'm Noah Nelson, and until next time, I'll see you at the show. Oh, hey, wait, no. The music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Thank you, Chris, for being our guide uh, all these years. And now, saying that, until next time, I'll see you at the show. start recording and oh actually there's a there's hold on there's something i want to do before we start but yeah i, I didn't even like save it for the um hold on let me just do the thing all right so we're doing the top half well i mean we're gonna we're gonna treat this like it's um we're gonna try and treat this like it's completely live uh which means like i will also do like a traditional ish open oh um which is which is a rarity for us but what that means is that i have to do is i have to find the uh, backers no, and the no. credits. Exactly. Yeah, gonna, yeah, it's gonna find the credits and the music. Two twenty nine. So we're so this is two thirty. All right. Wow. Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay. Here we go. Oh my god. And so some of this will be the pre roll. So, um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, or lady and gentlemen, uh, take whichever drink you're drinking at the moment. Oh, I'll take the whiskey. Yeah. Wait. Oh, Kevin, do you have fine. any? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one more time. It's a little around. more balanced yeah. of a cheers. Yes. All right. Uh, uh, Aaron Gobra. Let's go. All right. Cheers. Cheers.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 230 of the No Persinium Podcast, the voice of everything immersive.